Welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. How y'all doing? Welcome back to Tripping Over the Barrel. Today's going to be a fun episode. We have Tim Loser, of course, alongside me, and we have Peter Cohan, who is known for teaching people who give horrendous demonstrations how to make them not so horrendous. Tim, why don't you give a little bit of introduction to Peter since I met him about four and a half minutes ago? First of all, Jeremy, I'm always intrigued when you try to do a Texas accent. It just <laughs> cracks me up. It's it's almost as bad as me trying to do the New Hampshire accent. That's <laughs> a good start. Yeah, so I've been looking forward to this this particular podcast for a long time. And, you know, we started out in episode two, kind of going over my first really big blunder where I just talked myself out of a sale. And Peter, who's who I'll let you introduce himself here in a second, he's got a special term for that entire episode of, of what he calls those types of demos. And I'll let him kind of introduce <laughs> that. But Peter, uh, he's renowned for he wrote a book called Great Demo, and if you're looking for it, it's Great Demo with an exclamation point. The exclamation point is very important. Uh, and he, he does a lot of workshops on training people on how to give a good demo. So, Jerry, before I introduce Peter, let me ask you this question. So, yeah, who gives software demonstrations? Who gives software demonstrations? Well, I think it depends on the size of the company, right? I think the traditional role that I would think of would be a sales engineer or subject matter expertise uh, expert of some kind. But or it really even, depends. I mean, yeah, even this, a lot of owners, a lot of founders. Yep. Senior developers and, you know, the founders developers. of, and we've, we've talked about the founders are typically engineers who had the great idea to begin with anyway. And I'm going to ask you this question. How much training do you think they get on giving demonstrations? <laughs> they might watch a YouTube video or two. Um, now, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you, but from my own personal experience, you know, I was doing support for production analysts and OFM and they said, Tim, we need you to give a demo of OFM. You know it better than anybody. Okay. And off I go. That, that yeah, was... You have you enough know the people soft. skills. They knew that you had enough people skills to do it. I think sometimes the mistake is this guy built the product. He knows it the best. Now let's put him in front of these 30 sharks that are waiting to tear him apart because they may not, may not have a preference for this product anyway. And then feed him to the wolves, right? Kills his but, confidence for the next time. But I think the approach is always the same. This guy knows it better than anybody else. If he, he might be a good speaker. Let's make him do the demo. And that's the extent of the training. Here's a build your own PowerPoint and go. So anyway, I'm a big believer in what Peter's done, especially uh, after having taken one of his workshops. So Peter, uh, let me let you have the floor for a couple minutes and kind of introduce us to uh, to what you do and how you got here. Sure. So actually, in answer to your first question of you know who does software demos, the answer is anyone with a mouth and a mouse. <laughs> so everyone. Everyone. <laughs> and a mouse you, and a mouth. Nice. That's correct. Think about it. Anytime somebody's showing someone else software, they're doing a demo. And so it's pretty much everybody in the world that has a mouse in their hand and a mouth. Anyway, um, people ask me what I do. I like to ask and answer that in the form of a question for you guys. Have you ever seen a bad software demo? <laughs> I've delivered yeah. many myself. Uh, on all ends. 
<laughs> so my purpose in life is to solve that problem, is to help people make demos great as opposed to painful and boring or stunningly awful. That's what I do. And we've got a business we've been running for about 17 years of people all around the world that are, that are coaching people to improve their demonstration practices. That's what we do. That's fantastic. Now, do you primarily focus on a certain type of software? Because software has evolved and, and shifted greatly over the years. A lot of mobile, a lot of apps, SaaS and cloud. Um, do you focus on you know, enterprise software? Is it, is it any type of software demonstration or demonstration period? So it's, it's really any type of B2B software. And that could be you know, tight, narrow verticals. Uh, it could be broad-based ERP software. Why, it could even be software in oil and gas. Gasp. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. You're, Wait, in, uh, what? you're in California. You're in California. You're not supposed to say that, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah, so I, I remember when I was first starting with Spotfire, I'd already had basically seven or eight years of a sales engineering. So everything I had learned was kind of self-taught, which you saw in episode one or episode two and followed Peter right after Peter. I followed him into a uh, into ExxonMobil Chemical in Baytown, Texas. I was doing a demonstration of Spotfire and apparently he had been in a couple of weeks before to demonstrate a product called Simix. And uh, they, they actually talked about how they were going to get it basically right after all these series of meetings went on. So that was my first exposure. And then of course, Spotfire hired Peter to come in and teach all of us how to do great demos. So I don't know if you remember all that, uh, Peter, but it was kind of a fun time. That was a terrific time. Actually, that was a, uh, if I recall correctly, that was a $13 million deal with Exxon, where we were Ooh. selling them, they bought a, are you guys ready? I hope you're sitting down for this, a high throughput combinatorial chemistry materials discovery and optimization uh, <laughs> package that included a 48 cell parallel pressure reactor running chemistries on the order of about um, three or four milliliters uh, to make polyolefins out of uh, novel catalysts. There you go. <laughs> he knows his chemistry what? too. <laughs> yeah, it was homogeneous catalyst to be catalysis to be. <laughs> I, that was my next question. That was your next question. Was it was it hetero or homogeneous? Anyways, um, so super technical. And at that time, you know, Spotfire was really sort of an emerging, growing player particularly with an oil and gas that could do a lot. How do you help take a product that can do a lot and distill it down to a demo that's digestible for someone who's never seen it before? And let me give a little context to that when you sit on that question. One of my biggest mistakes when I'm doing a demonstration is that I forget that I'm an expert in what I'm showing and the people on the other side have never seen it before. So even though it is part of their world, they do something that's similar to it, there's things that I gloss over or assume that they don't even notice. And that's one of the challenges, I think, within the demonstration itself. Now, there's a lot of other things we can talk about, but curious, Peter, I want to put that on you. So this, is, this actually is a great time to precipitate a story um, of how great demo actually came about. And it was when I was at Cynics, I was the president of a business unit. Um, we were selling software and systems, but I was also the customer. I was the buyer, the decision maker. And we were buying 
uh, sales operation systems. We were buying a CRM system and we brought a bunch of vendors in to do demos. And in each of these, uh, every single one of these demos, they all did the same thing. They came in, they demanded two hours of time, asked us to have a team of eight people together. So think about that. That's two working days. Mm-hmm. And they proceeded to go through long linear demos. Now, I was president. I was actually also leading the sales organization. What do I want out of a CRM system as a head of sales? Uh, to be able to see what, what you're selling? Yeah. Well, I want the pro- first you want your contacts. You I want, want your contacts. I don't care about the contacts. I want the pipeline and the pipeline. Thank you. Oil and gas pipeline. pipeline. Anyway, I want the forecast and I want the pipeline and I want to know which deals are solid and which deals do I need to coach. Now, mm-hmm. when in these traditional demos that they unwound, did they finally get to those reports or dashboards? Do you think? I, that's it. That's in the last 30 seconds. Exactly. <laughs> so they would go in and they'd say, first, we're going to show you how to enter a record, start a new record. We're going to clone that. We're going to now talk about a marketing campaign. We're marching people through this process. Now we're going to, we're going to have a few customer meetings. And after two hours, um, I think we had five vendors in. Three of them all ended up after two hours saying, and we've got some really terrific reporting capabilities, but it looks like we don't have time to, to show you that today. Which well, I think you, you, you left yeah. off a couple things in the beginning, which is the uh, we are this size company and we've been around since oh, 1913 <laughs> and you know all the credibility slides. The, the discredibility slides, the, uh, the, cor- the mandatory corporate overview presentation, which consumes the first 20 minutes, which gives the high ranking executives the opportunity to leave the room. <laughs> I vacillate on that. I think it it depends on the meeting, but for the most part, yeah, they they follow a certain cadence. And and I'd be curious a little bit how you approach that. Maybe not necessarily on on this, but I think you were going to say before before Tim so rudely jumped in, uh, <laughs> they went two full hours, and they didn't have time to show you the one thing that you cared about. Yeah, and that's that was where the scales fell from my eyes because I realized at that time we were doing the same thing to our customers. We were taking people on a long, linear journey. Here's how you set the system up. Here's how you walk through all the workflows. And by the way, here's the seven different options you can take for executing the same task. And then if we didn't run out of time, we're finally getting to, and here's the summary, the reports, the deliverables that you might be interested in. And I got my team together and I said, guys, we're doing the same thing that Jay just inflicted on (laughs) us. We have to turn our demos upside down. We've got to do the last thing first. And that's what we began to do because we realized that what what high-ranking people want is show me what deliverables I need out of this system and show it to me right up front. And if it resonates, I may then say, okay, that looks good. Now, how do I get those? And then you're off and running. And you're actually moving into a conversation, which is what you really want to be in in a demo. So that was that was the founding origins for the methodology, if you will. Um, questions or comments? I I have one. What what are your thoughts, and how do you treat a discovery call before a demonstration? Is that something that you feel is mandatory? Um, does it depend on the product? How do you view the the sort of pre-call? So imagine that you feel sick and you go to the doctor and you say, and I quote, I feel sick. And the doctor says, yeah, 
let me take you down to the pharmacy. I want you to try one of every drug on the shelf here and let me know it works. <laughs> yeah, so it, it might be important, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I've got a second example. You feel you say I feel sick and you've gone and presented to a surgeon who now proceeds to open you up. <laughs> So, yeah, so discovery, <laughs> there's two types of demos. There's two types of demos. There's vision generation, which is just enough to give the customer an idea of what's possible. And I'm, by just enough, I mean one or two or three screenshots just to, to set context, what's possible. Um, that's vision generation. And it's designed really to solve the problem of the customer saying, I just want to get an idea of, what your product can do to see whether or not it's even in my wheelhouse of interest. The second time, and you don't need to do discovery with that, um, that type of demo, but by the way, it's a ter terrific way to lead into a discovery conversation. The second type of demo is called technical proof, and that's effectively done where discovery has been completed. You are basically, you're a doctor, you've gone through, you've asked all the questions you need to ask about the patient. Mm -hmm. And now you're able to form a diagnosis and offer a prescription. So discovery is, well, that, well, let me go back one half a step. The single most important element of any sales process is doing discovery. And very frankly, those, uh, those vendors that do a better job of discovery uh, and the perception of the customer are in a competitively advantageous position. So Absolutely. discovery is huge. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, this this is near and dear to my heart because this is this is what I live sort of every day. And you know, I I've seen lots of different approaches. Um, some very traditional. Some you know, let's let's get to the wow factor early, right, as opposed to late. But I think you're right. Ultimately, it comes down to you know, what, and we've talked about this in previous previous episodes. Like, I don't really care what you have to sell to me. I need to tell you what's causing me pain. And if you can help me and, and understand that and have a solution for it, then we can talk about doing business, right? And it weeds out a lot of those early conversations. Would you like a horror story, though, associated with that? Oh, yes. Please. So this, this goes back again to the Simics days where I, I was the customer. And um, we had invested a couple of good hours in a discovery conversation or a series of conversations with a vendor. And we felt pretty good about it. They asked a lot of really good questions. They really dug into our workflows and our processes. And um, this was for a, um, well, it was an operations tool for what, for the stuff we were building. And, um, and then they presented a demo about a week later in theory, based on a discovery, notice my comment in theory, <laughs> based on the discovery they had done. And what do you think they did that, um, well, the technical term for us would be a word that starts with P and ends with D and finishes with off. <laughs> what, do think, what do you think they did in the demo uh, that made us so, so unhappy? Any guesses? They, they, didn't, they didn't address what they already told you they wanted to see. Or what we wanted to see. Well, they, yeah, yeah you, you pretty much hit the, uh, hit, the <laughs> hit the pipeline right in the valve. They, they managed to ignore all the discovery <laughs> information that they had, they had collected with us. They did the same old demo they always do. To be fair, occasionally they touched on something that said something to the effect of, 
And I think you mentioned this might be important in, in our conversation last week, but fundamentally, they simply went through the same pathway they always did. That was one of the most angering and frustrating experiences I'd ever faced. How come you forced us to go through two hours of it would be like the doctor again, basically saying, yeah, I know, I know that you say that your, uh, your stomach hurts, but you know what? We put Band-Aids on everything. That's just what we do. <laughs> you know, it's funny. In the early days of doing demonstrations, there were more than once not having done discovery. I had my script and my normal demo, and I thought, okay, hey, this is the everybody likes this, and so we go and do it. I could see someone shut off within seconds. They asked their first question, and then they just completely shut down. And had I done the discovery session and known that it is very important to be able to connect to IHS data and therefore have an answer for it or don't do the demo because the demo was over in two minutes or should have been, but I, I did it. I went on for an hour, but you know uh, it was over because the VP had left the room and because we couldn't connect to it at the time. So that, that was a discovery would have solved a lot of pain. We wouldn't have had to fly off to whatever city I was in for that day. But you know, to, to, to piggyback on that, Tim, I will say in my earlier days, and I even fall victim to this sometimes much less now because I'm such a professional and seasoned sales rep. But, you know, when I'm in, say, my mid-20s and I'm at a company and all the company tells me is, we've made the best product ever. Once people see this, they're going to love it. And someone calls up and says, hey, I want to see your product. I'm like, sure, here's a demo. Right. So, I mean, you learn in time, like, well, that's an easy way to just start shooting arrows all over the place and missing. But sometimes you get the wrong feedback, which is, hey, your product's great. I'm going to buy it. And it reinforces, hey, I can just get people to look at this product. And you, you realize there's so much to, more to sales than that. Right. So much more to demonstrations. But I, I see how this can happen, particularly um, for these founder led businesses that were developed by um, technical resources. So there's, there's a number of things going on here. This is so much fun, I have to say. I'm going to do more of these with you. Um, Absolutely. I talked about something a week ago called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Have you ever heard of that? It's uh, a new one I for me. Think I, I actually think I have, but go ahead. So it, 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 you could summarize it with the phrase, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and this Never is where, Yeah. And this is where we all start in the world of demos. Uh, we don't know what we don't know. And so what happens are, are a number of things. Number one, we are victims of momentum. So we tend to do whatever we've been doing forever unless we get some shove in a new direction. And so yeah. traditional demos are exactly that. Let me show you. <laughs> traditional demos <laughs> basically go along this, the following theme. How much, how much time do we have? We have an hour? Terrific. Let me show you everything I possibly can in that hour, but let me preface it by saying I'd like this to be interactive, so stop me if you have questions along the way, but in reality, I don't want you to ask any questions because there's <laughs> so much I want to go through. <laughs> because you're just going to hijack it. Because you just, yeah, don't ask me a question because then I'd have to answer it. Um, the, <laughs> the, fact, the fact of the matter is that, well, think about any product. Think about Microsoft Word. What percent of capabilities would you say you use in Word? I mean, there, there's so much in Word that that I don't use. Five, ten percent? Five percent? Yeah, maybe. And now here's the kicker. Do you care about all those other cap capabilities? No. I mean, Not until I, I need it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's control C and control V. That's my main. Oh, here right. we go. 
Actually, for me, it's that uh, delete key on the upper right of my keyboard. But, but <laughs> where's out first and fastest? Um, and that's the point that nobody in the world of the user community use every, uses everything in your software. And so, Tim, as you noted in the credit card disaster. Um, <laughs> Thank you for bringing it up. I was hoping you would give me a critique. That's a, there's a, you know there's a phrase um, called buying it back. I'll come back to my other comment here in a moment. But buying it back is effectively what you did. You showed so much that they began to say what? It's oh that's going to be difficult. There's a lot to learn there. We need we're going to need more info or more people. And and they began. To, did it? Have you ever heard somebody say, "Do you have a light version of your software?" Yeah. yeah. Yes. Do you have a viewer only option? <laughs> yeah. And what yeah, you're doing yeah, is you're effectively saying, let me show you everything that Microsoft Word can do, because from the product vendor's perspective, every new feature adds value. But from the customer's perspective, I don't want to pay for those features that I'm never going to use. Right. And so that's yeah. what, yeah. Well, and so that's I've been the, asked. Yeah. That's been a common thing for me to get asked the question, hey, we're not going to need that. So would it be cheaper if we can get it without the, you know, the blue background or whatever? And so they ask and tell you that they need a discount. That is called buying it back. And that's a function of traditional demos that are trying to present as much in an hour as they possibly can. Interesting. So, what, so what's the solution? You do discovery. And in discovery, by the way, we should we should do a session a session on discovery because a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, I do discovery," and then when you ask, what you learn is, no, they find out whether or not there's a warm heartbeat uh, in the prospect, and discovery is complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the the real moral here is that you need to do discovery, understand what business, what specific business problems people are trying to solve, and then complementing that what specific capabilities in your package they would need to solve those problems. That's the connection point that, that the salesperson or the sales engineer, the pre-sales people need to, need to, to connect. <laughs> and then that's what you show in the demo. And then strangely enough, you shut up. It's it's really funny because I, I see it go almost both ways. You know, right now I'm I'm selling an enterprise product that has lots and lots of modules. So you get the question of, okay, well we only want six tenths of it. So can I get six tenths the price? I'm like, well, it doesn't totally work that way because the six tenths you're using makes up ninety percent of the the app, right? I mean, that's the the guts of it. But whenever you come in with a company that has something that people like but it's small, what do they ask? Can I get more? What else do you have? I want this feature. I want that, right? It's like, it's hard to find that sweet spot right in the middle. Well, that, and that is what, that's what um, vision generation demo helps to do. It begins to set context at a very high level as to what is possible. It's like, um, it's like a menu in a nice restaurant where there's either pictures or rich descriptions of what's on that menu. That's vision generation. Um, does, that, does that help a little bit? Yeah, it, it does. Oh, go ahead, Tim. No, I was just going to say, uh, one of the things that I took out of Peter's, the first workshop I ever took from Peter, I, and I've used this phrase a lot with guys who used to work for me, maybe even Jeremy, every click of the mouse, whether it's a slide advance or a file menu or a control V or control C adds a risk to the demo. Hmm. So the what you want to do 
And this is this is where I take home. You want to solve the problem you learned about in as few clicks as possible and then there stand and look at them and say, did that solve your problem? And then and the, the other thing I've learned, and I don't know if I got this from Peter or somewhere else. Then you ask the question, do you want me to show you more or are we done? That was from me. And that wasn't from you. Okay. Yeah, so, man. you know, I, I've also trained my uh, uh, salespeople and I don't know when I started doing this, but never ask a question where you can't handle both the yes and the no answer. If you're going to show them anyway, don't ask. You're going to show. <laughs> because if they say no, then, okay, well, now the demo is over and I haven't gotten to the point that does solve the problem. So, anyway. Mm. So I guess uh, from Peter, you know, I, I told my uh, episode two story with the credit card and we kind of jokingly refer to it as a credit card story. And there was a lot of mistakes in there. Do you have other critiques of that whole scenario? Well, <laughs> where to begin? Where to begin? Such a rich field. <laughs> um, well, what we just talked about is one, and that is trying to, trying to show so much or too much as opposed to focusing on in on you know, the capabilities that people are actually interested in. Here's another that I think relates to that. Um, I was, I was again, a customer, and I asked the question, I literally asked the question of the vendor during the middle of a demo. Um, I asked, can it print? Now, what do you think happened? Uh, yeah, it can. Yeah, well, I no, could. <laughs> Is, no, they wanted to go show you how it could print. I'm going to go they to did. file, then you hit the print menu. You can also go to printer setup. We got all these drivers that we can connect to. You, you can't see me, but I'm nodding my head violently in agreement. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> he went in. So I was I was senior executive. I said, "Can it print?" And what I really was interested in is is this something that can be printed out as a report and be put on my desk on Monday mornings? This is back last century. And simply, as, as opposed to simply saying, yes, is that sufficient or would you like to see it? He spent the next about 12 minutes doing exactly what, uh, was that Tim? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim said, he went through all the printing settings and what he really did was show me how complicated and confusing it was. <sighs> and what I thought as at the end of that was, I don't want to use this software. <laughs> That's such a great corollary to Tim's story because <laughs> it's like, wow, you just, I had a simple question and you just showed off everything that I didn't care about. Now, Peter, as you were talking there, I, I have a question and this is sort of fundamental to your business, but also to people that do demos everywhere. One of the things that I always really enjoyed and, and still enjoy is going into the room to do demonstrations. We're still in the middle of a global pandemic all my demonstrations are still remote and will be for the at least everything I have planned into July. Mm -hmm. um, how does this fundamentally change how we do demonstrations and, um, you know, how does this how does this affect sort of everything that that you do and the way that it's framed? So uh, I'm going to introduce the answer in the form of a, a horror story. Would you like one? <laughs> <laughs> Love those stories. So. So as part of my preparing for, for workshops, for great demo workshops, I asked to see a handful of example demos from my customer to me, as if I'm you know, the, on the receiving and the customer. Sure. And this one vendor, uh, this my customer, had organized three example demos from three people. And the first guy presents his demo over the web. Everything's done over the web um, to me in my home office. And it was fine. It was a nice traditional demo. And the second guy, a day later, does exactly the same demo pathway, 
The only thing that changed were, you know, style points. So his word choice and pausing and so forth. So I've seen the same demo twice from two different people. The third guy starts his demo off by saying over the web, can you see my screen? And I said, I think so. And then he starts clicking and talking and clicking and talking. And Tim knows that I time things in demos. And at about the eight minute mark, that's a long time, he resurfaces, splash, and he asks any questions so far. And what do you think I responded at that point? Are you going to start the demo? I can't see your screen. I said, said, nope, I'm good. And he splashes back in and he dives along for about another eight minutes and he resurfaces and he asks. Does this make sense? (laughs) I said, nope. That's another whole topic. I said, nope, I'm good. And he dives back in again. And I decided to run the experiment. We're over the web. We don't have webcams on. I pick up my coffee cup. I leave my office. I wander out, look at the view for a little bit, refresh my coffee. I'm monitoring my watch. And at about six and a half minute mark, I wander back in, sit down, put my headphones back on. And obligingly, in about 45 seconds later, he resurfaces and asks. (laughs) Do you have any questions? And I said, nope, I'm good. Now, what's the horrifying thing about that story? (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> but there's a lot. Pick 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 three. <laughs> pick any of them. Well, he has no idea if you'd like if of if you've got anything that you liked or didn't like. He doesn't clearly know if you're even in the room. Yeah, that is the most horrifying thing. He had no clue that I'd left the room because he was talking and clicking and talking and clicking. Um company called Gong. Are you familiar with these guys? Gong. Gong.io. Well, yes, I was going to say Gong.io. I have, but I don't know what they do. One of the things that they teased out as part of the key success criteria for successful demos was that you should have an interaction, a speaker switch, as they call them, on average about every, are you guys ready? Hope you're sitting down, 76 seconds. So every quarter on average, you should have, and and actually, the audience can't see this, but we've got this great um, view portal that shows me speaking, you asking a question, Tim saying something, et cetera, et cetera. Every 76 seconds on average in a demo, you should have a speaker switch. So if you've been talking nice. for three or four minutes or longer, you are at great risk. Does that all make sense? Wow. Awesome. That's awesome. Man, oh, goodness. I'm just now suddenly thinking, oh, man, I've been doing it wrong again. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, have, I have so many questions now. I mean, is is that the app? Like, what is the data point? Is that for a one-hour demo? Is that for a two-hour demo? Is it for an eight-hour demo? What What is the length of a demo that that is only 76 sen- seconds of attention span? The answer is yes. <laughs> um, I'm glad I was sitting down. It's, it's, you want, a demo should be a conversation. The, uh, one of the other things that they found was the most successful demos enjoyed, uh, I think the number was 28% more questions from the audience than standard demos, which means you, you're in a conversation. Yeah. Is that, so, yeah, we, so we've got, we, we do have a running uh, gag of, you know, all right, tell us uh, demos that went horribly wrong. And you've kind of talked about a couple of horror stories, <laughs> but you know, what is, what is your worst, uh, uh, whether you giving, you've given us the ones you've received, but what was kind of the, your worst 
demo that you gave. <laughs> Where did you begin? Any of the demos, any of the demos that I did before the realization of do the last thing first, I would class as traditional and therefore terrible. They're all based on style po- points. They're all based on what I thought was way cool in the software, not what the customer was looking yeah. for. Fundamentally that. Actually, did you ever t- have anybody call you on it? No, because we've been training our audiences since the first two rocks were pounded together to create COBOL to expect <laughs> boring demos presented in a traditional mode. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I try to make it more fun. We show some videos and things. But I mean, there's, God, there's so much more. This, this session has been really, really fun for me. It's because I live in this world, right? You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, when I took Peter's webinar it wasn't a webinar peter's seminar uh, up in boston with with uh, spotfire i left there thinking i left there thinking <laughs> wicked this <laughs> wicked this is, up there. It's, it's wicked common sense that's what it was wicked. everything we went through in the seminar was like okay at the end you're like man that's just common sense why are we been doing this the wrong way and i it struck me when i left the meeting is it all sounds like common sense uh, only after someone else has said it before that it doesn't, you know, it's not common sense. So when you're going through this whole thing, it's like, ah, that's just common sense. And hence one of the problems with trying to get demo training is everybody thinks, well, it's common sense. Everybody knows you should, shouldn't give four hour demos, but you know, off we go and do it. Right. And of course yeah. the first time that you, I'll tell you a spot fire story, but I had a sales guy that I was trying to train. Listen, I'm going to shut up in the middle when I get a credit card slid across the room from now on okay, or something like that. <laughs> good, good advice. Good advice. Silence, silence is okay. If, there was- if I'm, if I'm staring at somebody, I'm trying to get that guy to say something to me because I know I've, he is getting ready to validate what we just did. But the sales guy, he could not handle the silence. He thought if there was silence, I had just, something had just happened and he needed to jump in and save the day. And so yeah, it's just an interesting. You silence is okay. Short yeah. short demos are fine. They don't. We've got an hour and we do. We yeah. solve it in five minutes. That's great. Let's go talk about something else. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Always. Did you do you remember um, taking solution selling one hundred and sixty two years ago? Didn't you take? I I've done that. Yes, I've done lamp. That? I've done solution selling. Yeah, we've done all those. In solution solution selling, they had a terrific phrase, stop selling when the customer is ready to buy. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I'd taken it before the credit card demo. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hey, do we have time for one more horror story as another illustration? Oh, yeah. We got one more. So I'm, I'm watching. This was a recorded demo, again, preparing for another workshop. And a woman was presenting this. The recording was an hour and a half long, and my first thought is, I don't want to watch an hour and a half demo, but it's what I do. The first 40 minutes of this hour and a half demo was setup mode. So she was showing, here's how you set this up, here's how you configure that, here's how you do this, here's how you set this up. All the stuff that would be done once and forgotten, right? And at the 40-minute mark, she says, I hope you're sitting down for this, and she says, and you won't have to do any of this because we set it up all for you in implementation. Mm. Okay. So what be- have we been doing all this time? <laughs> <laughs> and I called her up on the phone and said, why, why are you doing this? 
And she said, well, we had been told that that's one of the value aspects of what our offering and that we should demonstrate all those things that the customer will never have to do. <laughs> Let me show you a bunch of features in this tool that you will never have to think about ever. Yeah, and meanwhile, think, the average attention span of an adult is what, 20 minutes or less? Oh, you've you've lost minutes, them already. Yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and the analogy I like to draw on that is, you know, wh why do you go to a restaurant? You don't uh, cook. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Speaking of which, we have, a, we have a running thing, and I think this will be some of our last questions. You've, you've certainly done a little bit of traveling in, in your day. Um, we like to talk about the oil cities. Are there any obscure oil cities that you've gone to, restaurants that you dig, any places you want to bring to the surface for us? Wow, oil cities. Oil? Um, well, there's case. There's the um, the ice house outside of um, Baytown. That's that's of course one of the favorites. Nice. Um, I bet you went there with Mr. John Walzer at one time. I did. He took us there after we got the system up and going. After he tortured me by saying, "Cohen, we're going to need another two weeks." He was just yanking <laughs> my chain. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a there's a barbecue. You guys ready for this? This is not oil and gas. It's mining. But there's a barbecue place outside of Elko on the way to the, um, the Ruby range of mountains. That was absolutely terrific. So if anybody's ever in, are you guys ready? Elko, Nevada, and you're, <laughs> and you're traveling to the Ruby mountains, which is about, I don't know, 45 minutes away or something like that. A really beautiful range of mountains that nobody knows about. There was a barbecue place up on a hillside, um, mm. that commanded fabulous views. So there's about the single most obscure food and location reference come up with how's that oh, sh oh, oh shoot love we it. yeah we're gonna have to go try and figure that one out man you're you're good peter this this session was a ton of fun we'll uh we'll end it right there and uh you know we we may have you back but peter one more time what is your um your website and company again the website is greatdemo.com and that's all you need to know and i can highly recommend it having read the book by the way buy the book it's it's a it's 40, 50 pages long. It's, you bought it for me or you made me I, buy it as part of working for you right. or something. It's it's an easy read. And it and again, after you've done reading, you go, well, that all makes perfect sense. And then, of course, you take the training and you get the hands-on and he teaches you the dangers of uh, the piece of paper, the physical, the all those other great things and how to do discovery. So, hey, Peter, I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I've been looking forward to this. And uh, um, I for our listeners, if, if you think you're missing on demo training, this is the place to go. Many thanks, gentlemen. Very much appreciated.